which we will attempt to convey. It seems to be very original, but uh, not simple. And uh, yeah, but we will see how we go. All right, so Hashem says, Hashem says on page 974 as follows, in your stone edition. You can take a seat. Comfortable. It will be that Hashem will bring you to the land which he made an oath, swore to give to Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, so you will come into the land and he will give you large cities, good cities, which you didn't build up yourselves. It's going to be all ready. And Hashem will give you them already built up for you. Uvotim, it goes on to Pasigud Aleph, Uvotim meleim koltu vasharloim ileisa. Homes, houses full of good, which you didn't fill them with the good. It's all there. It's all for you, for you. It's all there for you. Uvoirois chatsuvim, good evening. Uvoirois chatsuvim vasharloi chatsafta. And how do they translate that? That's a. That's correct, yes, which is in the rock, like engraved in the rock, out of the rock. That's where we use the, the Mephorshim say, that's what Rashi says that. That's where we, we don't use the term Lachpor, Lachpor, Kiyichre, or Kiyachpor, as we find in the Chumish. It says Chatsuvim because it's in the, in the hard rock, etc., or, or rocky area. Vineyards and, and olive uh, trees, which you didn't plant. And Hashem says, all of this is going to be there for you. You'll eat it and you'll be satisfied. Hashem goes to continues on to say, But you should watch out. Be careful, be aware. Beware. Of your, for yourself, of yourself. Okay, here we go. The brings to our attention. Tells us as follows. There the Gemara queries. A case, Rabbi Yirmiya. Boy, Rabbi Yirmiya. Rabbi Yirmiya has this query, and it's a very interesting query, and he is known for his interesting queries. And as Rav Aaron Hyman says in his Sefer, Tildes Tanoim Vameroim, Rav Tildes Tanoim, I just once wanted to know how reliable is the book. So he says, what are you talking about? He was Mamash Agodl, and he was Afalit Fishahid, and Agodl, and Tzadik, and Agodl, whatever. But he was. I mean, Gvaldek Echibur, I mentioned frequently, in Tehidus Anayim Amiroim, on the section of Rabbi Yirmiya, he says what is most interesting is that most of the time, we're, he has these queries throughout the Shas, tens of them, the Gemara concludes, Teku, 
The Gemara cannot reconcile his queries. They're so powerful. They're so interesting or, you know, really mind-boggling, etc. And they all are. Not in vain. In that section he also brings that sometimes he queries certain things and they booted him out of the base matters. Because he was like, you know, a givaldic eid. Let's go on. So this is also a query of Rabbi which he, the Gemara, doesn't reconcile. The query is as follows. Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion in Mesichte Chulin Dafkid Zayin that the Machlok is Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi follows Rabbi Akiva's opinion because Rashi explains that the query of Rabbi Yirmiya follows with Rabbi Akiva's opinion. Rabbi Akiva's opinion is as follows. Rabbi Akiva says that during the Eden, the stay of the Jewish people in the desert, they were permitted, they were allowed to pierce, just to stab, to pierce, to kill the animals. There was no din shechita. The halacha to slaughter an animal just to eat the meat, not as a korban. If one wanted to eat meat in the desert, there was no need to slaughter it. There was no mitzvah v'zavachta to slaughter the animal. You could pierce the animal and eat it. Well, even after Harsinai, Yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds surprising. But it's in the Furusha Das Rabbi Akiva. And by the way, the Rambam records his opinion, even though it's not the Gay Lahalocha now. But he records his opinion. In other words, the Rambam, when he deals with Nukhashita, look there, I just saw it sometime during the day. So it's there, it's for real. So until they came into it, it's so. That's correct, exactly. Okay, Mishinich Nusulah so the din is in the Amin that we have had heavy milkies, for example, on the night of Shavuot. Why do we have no milkies? Because they 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 weren't able to to shech. So it could be it's for korbanos, korbanos they have to shech, etc. And it doesn't have to follow with Rabbi Akiva, etc. 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 And maybe it's just some uh, food for thought to think about it to see how they reconcile the Yonah. It's good, but that's definite. It's in Furish Gemara and Chulin. I mean, they just we just made us uh, they just made us see a Mashah, so we passed Chulin. We'll come there again some. Okay, it's good. I'll call upon him in the Afriyot Zayin. I'm without this opinion of Rabbi Akiva. It's recorded in Rambam Hilchas Shechita Perik Dalad Alachiyot Zayin and Alachiyot Ches. If I recall correctly, good. When the antidote is strong, it was prohibited to eat pierced meat. Then there's Alachav is Avachta. If he wanted to sit down and eat meat or even fowl, the, actually the Rabbi Shava discusses fowl, etc. Also exactly the piercing of the meat, exactly where it has to be pierced, is all discussed in this for it. We're going on. So the Gemara, Rabbi Yirmi queries, and Rashi says it follows the Rabbi Kiva's opinion as mentioned. What's the query? He says, Eivore bosor nechira. Yidin entered their Yisrael, and they had pierced meat with them. Like pierced earrings, no, I don't mean that. They, they had pierced, they had killed meat, they had a zipe of flesh. They had flesh with them, right? Which they ate through the desert. And they're entering Eretz Yisrael. Asks Rabbi Yirmiya, is it allowed to be consumed in the Holy Land in Eretz Yisrael? And what's his query? So Rashi explains what his query is. His query is, due to the fact, on the one side, there's room to argue that it should be permitted. Why? Even though now they're obliged not to pierce meat, they have to slaughter meat. But due to the fact that initially when it was pierced, then meat was allowed. So therefore it remains permitted. Or do we say, Vival, due to the fact that now we're obliged to eat meat after meat which is slaughtered, so even the meat which had once upon a time been allowed, now it's prohibited. Says the Gemara as follows. What are the circumstances when you're Rabbi Yirmiya basically is the, they're addressing Rabbi Yirmiya. What is, what is the premise, the basis of Rabbi Yirmiya's query? What is he talking about? What era? What period? Says the Gimur, 
The fact is that the conquest of Eretz Yisrael took seven years, and the set, when the Eden settled throughout all the Shvatim, etc., settled the final. The settling also took seven years. Says the Gemara. If we're talking about the time, the period of the, the first seven years, the period of the first seven years, and they wanted to know the Rabbi queries, can we eat, consume the meat in the first, in the first seven years? Says the Gemara. What's the query? It's surely okay. Why? Says the Gemara because. It says in the Posuk, this Posuk, Uvotim Meleim Koltu, HaKodesh Baruch Hu says to the Eden, when you enter Eretz Yisrael, you will find home houses full of Koltuv. Says the Gemara, Koltuv. So the Gemara brings Rabbi Yimri Barab, Barab, I don't remember, I think it's Barab. Rabbi Yimri Barab says, what is Koltuv? Melabatim Meleim Koltuv, Afilu Katle Dechaziri Ishterelohu. Even, and Rashi says, what is that? Dried bacon. Even dried bacon was permitted for them. Okay? In other words, why? Because How do you know it? How do you know it? Because it says, anything which is there, and we conclude, we are chaltovisavota, right? We are chaltovisavota, you can eat, and you say, you should be satisfied, so anything's there. You don't have to see if there's a hexer. Koltov! Actually, the Mephorshim deal and ask what is the Gemara, the, the Divrei Shol, Rabbi Yisuf Shol Natanzon, I'm going off on tangents, but I'm just throwing it at you. Rabbi Yisuf Shol in his Pirush, the Baal Shoyel Omeshif, in his Pirush Divrei Shol on Chumish, he, query, he queries, he wonders why the Gemara chose Dafke, Chazir, bacon. Uh, why didn't he speak, mention Nivelois, Trefois, or any other prohibited uh, uh, food uh, for consumption? Okay, uh, so he has this theory, what he says, whatever it's, I think one has to uh, investigate what he says. It, it's not that simple. So wouldn't, I'm not going to mention that. I'm just throwing it at you. Wouldn't a pierced animal be considered uh, Was it there? a Nivela? If it is, it's Chazar. Yes, for sure. What's it have to do? Nachon, Zichat. But we want to know about the Averbos and the Hiru, which was muttered before. Yeah. That's correct. Which then, when it was permitted, it should remain permitted. Yeah. That we said. But I feel the Chaziri Yes. He says, what do we have on that Chazir? Okay. End it. So you're right. He says, even the Vedas of Travis, we can mention other prohibited foods. Finish. Um, the Rabbi Shover actually is, has a, we're not going to discuss this Rabbi Shover, but he just has this, uh, his take on this cold tube where he brings a, a Talmud Yerushalmi in the Shviz. With there, the Talmud Yerushalmi says um, that this posik uvotim eleim kol tuv is treated to discuss uh, a, 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 an era of part the, the 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 three cities countries which will be given to the Jewish people in the future. Now they're conquering the Holy Land, the seven nations, and eventually they will conquer the, the ten nations, right? The, the three additional Kenyan, which Hashem promised Avraham Avinu. And it says in Talmud, Yerushalmi Shviz, in this context, that the Votem Leim called Tuv is, uh, is relates to that period, period of time. And the fact is that the, 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 what, what the foods which are harvested, says the Talmud Yerushalmi in Kani, Knizi, Vikadmoini, are exempt from tithes. All right? They're exempt from tithes. So the Rogachavar says, and he brings. He lost it, lover, yeah. Because, yeah, etc. Because Meshur Rabbeinu didn't see those areas, so therefore he didn't sanctify those cities, and therefore they're not sanctified, so therefore there's no chiv. 
to tithe the harvest. So cold too, basically the Rosh says from that, that shows that with all foods there don't need tikkun, don't need fixing up. They're ready to be eaten, whatever's there. They're readily available. That's the proof, because normal food you have to tithe. You have to give, you have to give meiser, you have to give truma, you have to fix it up, you have to make it edible. You have to make it edible, right? Otherwise it's tevel. But here we say that you don't have to give meiser and truma, right? So that means that it's all ready. So if koltuv means, re, is referring to foods which are just ready without any bother. It's a good, it's a, it's a, it's a great. And there are other psukim which he brings uh, from Mesichta Megillah, if I recall correctly, and others also bring it, where there it says, Vayishanel Toivo in Megillah's Esther. So it says, Veshehechila Katle de Chaziri, also Toivo. And it also says, By Yiftof and the Haftarah, it says that he went to a city, to, that he sat, he settled in a place called Toiv. So basically, the Rabbi Chavis says also, it's, it's the area which is Chutzlar, which doesn't get off to get Miser from. Basically, we're saying, so that's just substantiating what the Gemara is saying, that even all foods are allowed. Finished. That's, that's, uh, and, and it's alluded in the expression of Tuv Ladas Harogachov. We're moving. But the Gemara just takes it for granted that it is so, right? So if so says the Gemara, why shouldn't we allow to have the Avori Bosin If Chazir is allowed and all the non kosher foods which are allowed of the non Jews, so why shouldn't the uh, uh, foods which were initially kosher for the Eden, why shouldn't that be allowed now also for the Jews to continue on to eat them? Says the Gemara, okay, El You're right. We're not talking about the era of the seven years. We're talking about the era after the seven years, as Rashi explains. And the question of Rabbi Yirmiyah was, is it allowed after the seven years? In other words, after we're, the, 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 the booty is already consumed, Hashem says, whatever you find, they're ready, you can eat. But you can't continue on eating, right? Non-kosher foods. Whatever is there, is there. And then you continue on. And you have to go on the right way. So there, there, that, after the period thereafter, Rabbi Yirmiyah queries. That's one way the Gemara says. The Gemara concludes, the Ibai if you want, I will tell you as follows. And this is the important part, and this is what we're going to deal with tonight. The Ibai says the Gemara, another reconciliation. Now, really, Rabbi Yirmiya was concentrating on the era, on the, on the, era, on the period of the, of the conquest period, right? The first seven years. Don't, don't forget, we have to be talking about, you know, dry, what do you call it? Stuff which, which lasts for, for seven years to 14 years. Sense. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. But it's good, yeah? That's why it's, it's like a dry, what do you call it? Yeah, that's stuff which sits for years, and the longer it sits. Uh, that we just said bacon. This time of bacon is who knows how long it does. Yafe, bakasha, whatever you like. Good. Actually, Rashi says it, but they don't explain why Rashi says it, but it's possible why Rashi says it. But I think the Ma'am Lois, if I recall correctly, the Ma'am Lois, I just saw like, so many different swarms today. Excuse me for that. But uh, and I didn't mean just to say it. It's the Ma'am Lois, I'm almost sure he says it's like the meats which hang for years or something like that. That's the kind of meat we're talking about. Okay. End it. Good. Yeah. Um, so he says, no, we're talking about the, so the second shot of the Gemara. Now, Rabbi Yirmiya queried, is it allowed in the first, in the conquest period, right? In the first seven years. So even though Katle de Chazera, the different Gemara is Katle de Chazera, Koilo de Chazera, okay, whatever, all different uh, variations of, of the text of the Shas, exactly what the correct word is, etc. Okay, not important. We just know what it is. So, uh, um, nevertheless, Rabbi Yirmiya queries. What does he query? What does he query? Of course, the Gemara says, maybe when Hashem allowed the consumption of the non-kosher foods, they were only allowed when they're non-kosher of the nation. But it didn't allow non-kosher foods which belong to you. Did who? Of theirs, they didn't allow. 
And if, baby, this may fall into the category of foods which aren't allowed to be consumed, and therefore they're yours, they're not theirs. And there Hashem allowed, and as Rashi explains, it says, It's the stuff, the homes, the houses which are full. It's theirs, which been there from the Canaanites, right? And another Pasuk Rashi quotes, it says further in the parasha, and the further parishes, it says, You should eat the spoils of your enemy. So basically there's a permission. Some say it's a mitzvah, some say it's permission. But Hashem allows it, so there's an allowance to eat the spoils of your enemy when they're entering Eretz Yisrael. So, but it could be it doesn't apply to the Avari Basinachir. And the Gemarant concludes, Teku. And that is, it ends up being uh, un- not reconciled. Now, um, just by the way, uh, the, the Rambam has a total different approach in analyzing this. But let, we'll come to this in a moment. We're not going to treat the Rambam. I just want to introduce it to you. It's quoted in the Rambam. But let's just go on. Now, the, the, the Ramban. Uh, in his Pirush, introduces this Gemara, and he says, therefore, he explains what it says. So, he says, that's the meaning of Afilukatul de Hazera. Even the non kosher foods, they can be consumed. Then he goes on to say, that's also non kosher. What is that? He says, Kromim vineyards and, and olives are talking about Kilaya Kerem. Right? And orla, such plants or plantations or, or sowings of plants, whatever, right? What will be harvested, which will be, a, there's a shile of kilaya kerem where they mix the vine and the fruit, etc., right? With the two and the grain. Or the zaysin, which have to have this orla and kilaya kerem, applicable there. So Hashem says, don't worry about it, it's perfectly okay. And the Turayevin already, where the Ramban gets this as a definition, maybe his own definition, or maybe it's a medrash, but it's the Ramban who says it. That's the, the definition of Kromim Vizesi. Then it comes to Boris Chatsuvi Mashaloi Chatsofta, just interesting. So it seems also to follow in the same vein that it's, there's something prohibited in Hashem is allowing it. So listen to what the Ramban says. Boris Chatsuvi Mashaloi Chatsofta means it's, it's the, the, the layer, so to speak, the lining or the, the finish of the boyer of this pit, right? Which the tiach, in other words, the finish, the, 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 the cement or whatever, which was made as a, a, a the lime, right? May have been something prohibited. And Hashem says, you may use the boirois chatsuvim asher In other words, he puts it all in the same, in the same hemshech, in the same connection. They're all dealing with things which were prohibited. That's one pshat of the Ramban, and etc. Uh, interestingly, there are uh, additional pshatim. And that is, there's a pirush in the Beres Chatsuvim Asher Loichot Softa. Now, the first pshat is talking, the Ramban's pshat is talking about the actual pit, right? The lime may have been something which is prohibited to, 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 to use or to, will cause like effect or whatever in a negative, uh, non-kosher way. So therefore, it would be questionable to use it, and Hashem allows it. Uh, another pshat is found in... Um, the Chassam Sofer in Torah in the Chassam Sofer Allah Torah he says as follows an interesting thing number one he says it may be talking about um, wine right he used to store the wine there okay wine now wine is a shail of Yain right so he says that here we're talking about Stam Yainum now, Yayin Esar is definitely prohibited. And actually, the Ramban, the, the Rambam Hilchus Molochim Perik Ches, Aloha Aleph, says that the, when they enter, the, when they're, conqu- they're making the conquest, and if they're hungry, if they're, when they're hungry, they may eat even non-kosher foods, afil arifo de chaziri, whatever. And if they're thirsty, they drink Yayin Esar. 
Says the Ramban on the Ramban, if they're hungry, that means it's pikuach nefashay, so of course the Ramban doesn't have to allow it. This Pasuk doesn't have to allow that when they're in dire need for food and drink, that they can eat non-kosher foods. So therefore he doesn't understand, he doesn't appreciate what the Ramban says if they're hungry. Even if they're not hungry, it's allowed. There's an allowance here. Hashem says, you enter the country, the land, it's allowed. And then he says, you should know it doesn't apply to all wars, all conquests. It's only applies, it's from the Ramban, it applies to all conquests. Any land you conquest, this Allah will apply. If from the Chumash, it only apl- it's clear for says the Ramban, it applies only to the initial conquest of Eretz Yisrael when they entered Eretz Yisrael. Number two. Number three, he says, Yain Esach. He says, Yain Esach is a Right? You're not allowed to drink it, you're not allowed to derive any benefit from it. It has all your criteria of idols. And if that's the case, you definitely can't derive it, you drink it. Because the Torah goes on to say that even though I'm allowing you to consume all these foods, but you keep away from the idols. And if you have to keep away from the idols, you have to keep away from Yain Esach. Pardon? With, with Moab, what happened there? They drank the wine. Whatever, but okay, that's an addition. But Yainas has been very sorry, yeah? No, I, excuse me. That was the initial question. Yeah, yeah. That it's allowed even if it's not because nefesh. Then he says you're allowing yeah, yes, But it's not the getter of avodah itself. Yeah, it? But it has all the halachas. It's also bano. It's also machilo. You have to get rid of it like an avodah etc. So the Ramban says, what are you talking about? Now, interesting. He says Yosef sent his father me to a mitzrayim. Yafe. And what did he say? Yafe. He says yain yosha. Yafe. He's good. Yafe. Koach. Okay. We're going on. So, um, so the the the, 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 the some sefer says, and others say will soon mention it. Yain Nesach. He doesn't explain it for the Rambam, but he says he touches this pasuk is talking about the Yain Stam. There's Yain Nesach and Yain Stam. Stam Yainum. And that means Yain what wine which was used as libations for idols. That has a din of Yain. That's called Yain Nesach, which was of the pourings. And if it's of the pourings, it has a criteria of Avodah So therefore, you have to get rid of it. And definitely, it's not allowed to be. You're not allowed to consume it. Not allowed to drink it. But Stam Yainum is also with the Rabbon. In other words, wine found found by a non-Jew, right? Even he's an idol worshiper. But you're not. It's not definite. It's called Stam Yainum. We don't know what its status is. Was it used for Abidah Zorah or not? The Allah is, it's only also with the Rabbonah. Says the, some say very interesting thing, he says the Torah allows the Stam Yainam, it's not Yain Nesach, it's Stam wine found in these pits which the wine was stored there, right? And he says it was allowed, and the Torah wants to teach us that the Torah, I have to tell you what is, what is allowed, Midorah, it's only prohibited Midorah, only rabbinically prohibited Stam Yainam, like we know nowadays, right? But Midorah says scriptural, it's allowed. So what does the Torah have to allow it? He says that's exactly what the Torah is saying. Here the Torah gives you the allowance. We don't say Stam Machshovas Goyla Avidazor. In other words, we can say when a goy concentrates and uses it when he deals with the wines for we deserve for idol worship so definitely it has the criteria of idol worship but if he's just handling it or whatever it's just a stam wine right and there was no intention for Avi Dezora so it's called stam wine stam wine and the, the Torah teaches us that the machshava of a goy bistam Right? Is not, doesn't concentrate on Avodah Zorah. And Torah therefore allows it. And he goes on to say another pshat. Or he says, we can say, we're not talking about the wine, we're talking about the actual pit. And here we come to this thing we once discussed. The halacha is that mechuber, right? If someone bows down or, or, or idolizes something which is attached, or the actual concrete, right? Right? The ground. So it doesn't become prohibited as Avodah Zorah. 
Because anything which is Bumakhubas says the Gemara and Mishnah and Misakhdavid Zora, you cannot prohibit Misalavid Zora, it has to be Tolosh or whatever. Or it was once it has to be planted for the sake of Avidazora, that's the Asherah tree. But actual ground or whatever is not doesn't become prohibited. Or water, natural springs of water and the like, which we discussed by the Nibus. Right? By the Nile. Mountain. Yeah, mountain. Right, exactly. So the so says the Khsam Soifer, but the Gemara says clearly that if this Tfisa Siadodam, if the fellow drilled, he manipulated, right? There's the man humanly manipulated the ground so then it becomes prohibited right we discussed that by the Nile also by the yeah the Iker so he says that's the Kiddush of this possible even though they they manipulated the ground nevertheless it's allowed because we again for the same with the same formula we say Stam the Torah is teaching you that if you, it was definitely done with intention for Avi Dezor it's prohibited Terry is telling you that as long as we don't know it was done intentionally for the Abu Dazora, it's stomach, Shevaz Abidazora, it's allowed. That's the take of the Khsam Sefer on this. The the uh, the, the, the Valozhin in his commentary Amik Shaila on the Shiltus number Kufsamach Beis, if I recall correctly, in Parshas Hazinu. And uh, he quotes it actually in his uh, commentary Amik Dover on the Chumash. He says an interesting thing. He deals already with the Rambam. The Ramban attacks the Rambam. He says, the Rambam, why does the Rambam have to allow, how can the Rambam allow Yayin Esech? He talks about the Yayin. It's, he, and we seem to, it seems from the Rambam that it's Yayin Esech, wine, which is actually used for Abu Dezorah. And that definitely is not allowed. Because the Torah says you have to get rid of all the Abu Dezorah. Okay, so the, that was the question of the Ramban. Says he, there are three types of wine. We mentioned only two till now. Like the Chassam Sefer said, there's wine which is used as libations for the idol. There's wine which is Stam Yayin, right? Then he says there's another, the Nebetzim of Alosh says there's a, a middle, there's an in-between kind, status of wine, grade of wine. And that is something which is not you, which is prohibited in the Okay, and this is as follows. Wine which the, the Goy mixed but didn't use it for Abed but manipulated it. He used it, right? Stam wine, we don't know what status. That's from the Rabbana. You know wine, he definitely was Meshach Sheikh, right? He, shake, he shook it. No, he shook around, he shook right, and used it. Yeah, and he says it was the, the Regilus was of the Goyim to be Meshach Sheikh for Abed sake. But it wasn't poor for Abed it wasn't used as libations for Abed Says the Nitzvim of Alojan, something which is poured and used as nisuch, right? It's poured as libations. So that's a problem. That makes it prohibited as the, as the idols. But something which was only, so to speak, manipulated for the sake of Avidazor, with the thought of Avidazor, because the wines they use with whatever, with that machshova, with that thought of Avidazor, makes it prohibited Medoraisa, but it doesn't have a criteria of Yainesa Medoraisa. No, like Avidazor, but it's also Medoraisa. So he says the Rambam is permitting. The Rambam says that is what is permitted. If it's mamacha criteria of Avidazora, that's never permitted, like the Rambam says. The Rambam is allowing the wine which Yomeshachshech, which he, he shakes up with his hay, he has his machshavan Avidazora. That's okay. In other words, that's what the Rambam is allowing. And that's what we're talking about in this case, that the Beris Chatzuvi is talking about wine. Now, there's another commentary, a known commentary which teachers use, the Asafrim, I see he brings, that he says we're talking about water, but not talking about wines. That was some safer than see, see, we're talking about the wine. He, they say, he says, they used to store water, right? We're going into Eretisrol, right? So there's wine, and we need to have reserves, reservoirs of water. So they used to store, right? And these, whatever, like they do it till today, right? 
different reservoirs or reservoirs of water. So here they stored because there aren't many uh, uh, well springs, springs, etc. Yeah, whatever, live springs, this and that and the other. So therefore they used to store it, and that's the bird which we're talking about, the water. And Hashem says you can use the water, everything, anything you'll see is fine. Okay, so basically we've seen no havamas. Kodesh Baruch says. So don't say, I'll name and I'll drink in a question. It just says that we're dealing with water. Anyway, that's the general take of the Mephorashim on, on, you know, on uh, their, it's a bit slight, on, on this, uh, the gist of this little section. And Hashem is allowing it all. Now, the Torah goes on to say, Hisham watch out, be, beware, right? You shouldn't forget Hashem. Who's taking you out of Egypt and don't follow the nations, etc., and the non Jews, etc., etc., etc. Okay? Now, uh, the Ramban and Rabbeinu Bechaya explain what is the sequence. The sequence is, you know, there's going to be so much abundance which you didn't have to work for and toil for. And Hashem says you can have it all. So you may forget, you may end up forgetting, God forbid, on Hashem because you'll have it. You'll have yeah, an easy life, right? You wouldn't have to toil, you wouldn't have to work, and it's going to be great for you. You'll forget all about it. Yeah, precisely. You may forget on the whole thing. And therefore, Hashem says, you should remember that you are an Eved, etc., etc. And then, and basically, the Rabbi Nebuchai concludes, he says, you know, Rabbi Nebuchai concludes that he says that Hashem wants to bring out that you should have a real. A, a true appreciation for their status, for their situation now. If you remember, you were once a slave, and now you're going into, into and you have all this abundance, so you'll definitely appreciate it. The Meshachach or Amir Simcha says a Gvaldi Kipshat. He says, What's the Hishamalach? What do we have to worry about? What do you have to be beware, beware of? And he says as follows The fact is, Hashem is allowing you to eat all the non kosher foods, right? Guess what? You should know, he says, that even when there's a, an allowance to eat non-kosher food, the fact is that it's metamte misalev. You get it? In other words, the Rishonim, many Rishonim explain. Many of the classic commentaries, the, the, the Ramban in Parshas Vayikra, and also the um, Sefer Achinuch, I think it's a Parsha Shmini, I don't remember exactly. And the same goes for the Abarbanel. They all learn out. It seems that the Rab Ramamamiranavuchim, from my just general glimpse, you know, glance of the Miranavuchim, it would seem the Rambam learns that all the non-kosher foods where Hashem says keep away from them, as enumerated in the different species, etc., etc., right? Oh, the Trafis and the Nevelas, the Rambam seems to say that it affects you uh, physically. Physically affect, they're all no good for you physically. And if you study the Ramah, I think it's Chele Gimel Perik Memches, it seems to me just that way. It so happens to be that the Barbanel negates it in total, he says, definitely not. Now he says Ramban in my the section of, of Abarbanel, which I didn't look at the actual Sefer Abarbanel, but I saw quoted Abarbanel quoted. He's, it's, it's, it could be it's a misprint that says Ramban, right? It happens, I think it's the Ramban, the way I understand, because actually the Ramban and also many other classical Rishonim, this is known, they claim that it's not, it's, it's not the negative effect on the individual physically, it's on the, the, the negative effect on the person's spirit and they speak in, in length, right? Lengthy expositions how the non-kosher foods, all the different species, etc., etc. It's moilid mezeg rabba odom, right? And it's metamtem alev. Who has the better definition to translate these terms? Metamtem esalev. 
blocks, blocks the arteries. That's exactly what the Rambam says. Yeah. Yes, good. But it blocks the spiritual flow of the soul. That's good. They are good. Yes, Yeah, Exactly. It blocks the arteries. You're right. The spiritual from the soul, which is supposed to encompass the person, the ruchnis. So he's all blocked up. the cup and the hearts. We're making milk together. All non well, you have to study them. What they speak about, they speak, they speak about the non-kosher species. That's what we're talking about now. So here says the Meshach Chachma Givaldika thing. He says, "Vibalta Kodesh Baruch allowed you, so you would think that it's not going to affect you negatively, right? Because there's an allowance for you to eat it." So he says, "The halacha is that even we're mitzat pikuach nefashes. There is an allowance to eat non-kosher foods, and the Torah allows you to eat it. Nevertheless, the non-kosher species remains non-kosher, and it will affect you negatively spiritually." And therefore, Hakadosh Baruch Hu goes on to say, "He shomer lechol pentishkach." Do the chazoy on fressen? Do the chazoy on fressen? The guy is going to eat and consume all of these non-kosher edibles. It's definitely going to affect him negatively. Therefore, Hashem says, "You watch out, oh boy, because you've had and you've gone, you've eaten all of this stuff with, with permission. But nevertheless, you've eaten it. Therefore, God forbid, it may affect you negatively. Therefore, Hashem warns him and forewarns him. He shomer lechol. Watch out that it may affect you in your heart and in your mind and your relationship." And therefore be careful. And he can conclude, says the Meshachachma, he concludes that is the logic behind the rationale behind the Allah. The Allah is if you have non-kosher food in front of you, right? On Shabbos, there's a, Jew, a Jewish person who is dangerous, and he needs, the doctor says, and he says, and it's known, right? There's no other way. He's, the only way he'll live is if you give him some food and non uh, meat, right? Meat. And there's no slaughtered kosher meat. We have only non-kosher meat in front of us. But we have a, we have a, a yid in front of us who can slaughter and make it kosher. And kosher and slaughter kosher meat. What do you do? Do you slaughter the kosher animal, right? And give him kosher meat? With that, we will transgress the Shabbos, right? Or do we give him the non-kosher meat? And the choyla, the sick person, will transgress the, non uh, the prohibition of eating non-kosher meat. So the one transgression against the other. So there's a lengthy discussion in the Rishonim what overweighs the other, right? What we should rather do, right? The halacha is that you don't give him the nevei, you give him the, you slaughter the non-kosher meat, Right? The kosher animal, we give him the, 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 the kosher meat rather than giving him the non kosher meat. That's the halach and simishin chavches. Shkita is an Indian from. Skila, and this is a lot. The Rishonim speak about it and discuss okay. it now, is mamish not the time. But basically, the gist of it is that by Nevela, on every kezai, you transgress. Once the skila is through prohibition, transgression is a one time. It's once and that's it. Once you've done it, you're a chayv skiller, you're over the iser. But the nevela. Some people have done more than once. Okay, Mizanish Vissen different. You know better than I because you're the doctor. There's also the Indian of, of the Chayla doing this for himself as opposed to someone else doing it for him. Atabi said, or the Rishonim said, all of these reasons are brought in the Rishonim. I'm concluding what the Meshachachim wants to say, Bencha, to what we're saying. He says, the reason is, he says, this is his own reason, and it's novel, and it seems to coincide with some other Meforshim, with other Rishonim. But he says that because the nevela. Yeah, the guy has to live, right? But you have to understand there's going to be a snowball effect. It's going to affect him negatively spiritually. You want to make him live, right? So hey, you have to give him meat. He has to eat, right? But hey, you're giving him food, which will be mechayan nefesh physically, but he'll live like a yid. And hey, in addition, Taka, you're going to, he's, going to, he's going to live physically, but spiritually you're killing him. It's metamtim esalev, even though the halacha says you can give him non-kosher meat. 
but it's going to cause them, it's an effect negatively. Therefore, don't do it. That's the, that's the reason of the Allah, says the Meshachachma. Alderach says, found the other Rishonim, they say that's like the reason, because we found when the Gemara says uh, uh, that uh, that Hashem protects the righteous, that they don't end up doing sins, says the Toysvis in many places, that this is only in relation to food consumption. That they will, Hashem will protect them that they shouldn't end up eating non-kosher food, food items. Right? But when it comes to other prohibitions, other transgressions, Hashem watches over them, but it's possible that they should transgress other prohibitions. And Torah says the difference between uh, non-kosher food, which is consumed, it becomes part and parcel of you, or other transgressions which are physically done, but they're external. So this coincides to some degree with what the Meshach is saying. And by the way, this concept of the Meshach is a Mephurah Shadim Shukhanorah. And this is actually brought to our attention by the Rebbe Mekutah uh, uh, the end of volume Gimbal, uh, I think it's Parshas and also brought in one of the other commentaries and that is the Sefer Tcheles Mordechai on the Ramban they bring the halacha in the Aleph that if there's a nursing mother and a non-Jewish person who is able who needs to a child a Jewish child who has to be nursed and the non-Jewish person uh, there's a non-Jewish person you should not have the Jewish child be nursed by the non-Jewish person if you have an option because the facts are that even though the child has and there's no choice but you should realize that it brings about it affects the child spiritually in a negative way and the same goes for a Jewish mother who, 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 a Jewish person who is nursing if she is eating non-kosher food even she is eating non-kosher food because the Torah allowed her because it was pikuach nefashos nevertheless it will affect the child who is being nursed by the mother who is eating non-kosher food even though she had an allowance to eat it so we see basically in the halacha that it is so exactly what the Meshachach is saying let's continue on and we're going on. He, I mean, he makes a, that's a strong case against himself. So you have a bhira. No, so you have to basically you look after yourself and make sure control yourself and be under control. And Hashem says, Yeah, I allow you. That's the Nisoyan. You're eating it, it's affecting you negatively, and therefore be in control and be focused. As we are and it's not going to affect you, but nevertheless, you have a Yitzhah Torah, So this was Magbur, the Nefesh Abamis. was Magbur, your animalistic soul, right? It may have affected and also tainted your godly soul, but nevertheless, your godly soul is there, and it's pure, and you have the Pintalayid, which if you daven and learn, via Yitzhah Torah, in some way, he bounces it. He shomer then there's just one more which I want to conclude before we come to the Rokhachov it's Mamish Gefer Lechleit I know and we always do this but it's just I thought that this is a, I want to just show you how con- concentrated and condensed these couple of lines are that it's really unbelievable the Samag Sefer Mitzvah's Godel uh, who is known as, his name is Rab Moshe from Kutsi he was one of the Balei Hatoisvis so he wrote a Sefer and he, he, he counts out the enumerates the Mingana Mitzvah so in the Lavin in the Lav Samag Dalet he mentions as follows he says he had a vision at night after he concluded the section of the law and, and he enumerates the, the transgressions of the Torah you forgot to incorporate in your safer something fundamental and in, in his vision he sees that it's shown to him what was the Iker that's what you forgot he forgot this he forgot 
He woke up in the morning and he says yes to something. The mess. I get the message. What's the message? He says you'll read the sequence of the psukim. You'll see that unfortunately, if a person is not, he will forget Hashem and he will eventually start thinking that all of the goodness is thanks to his own self and he'll start boasting and saying he's the boss. It's not Hashem's doings. It's his doings, etc., etc. And he'll say Hashem has given me koyachlasas choil, etc., etc. It's not Hashem. It's me. I'm the macher and I'm the tour the doer etc 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 so based on that he mentions this also in his preface to the Sefer there too he mentions again it's interesting it looks like he has a fair bit of visions and he says he says you should know that it is so and trust me and believe me I'm not I'm not lying he says I had this vision and he has another vision he has a vision right before that he mentions Gvaldik there were Gvaldik and who had these Chaloimis and they had these visions so he said they showed me in his, my vision that my Sefer should be made up in such ways that one volume should be a Mitzvah Sesa and one volume should be Mitzvah Shloisa and then he mentions this vision where Hashem revealed he says the Rambam didn't mention it but nevertheless didn't count it as one of the mitzvahs but nevertheless it has to be counted and he counts in his Minyan mitzvahs this that one shouldn't forget Hashem and always realize that Hashem is the doer and basically the, 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 the gist of the mitzvah of the transgression is that you must of the mitzvah is to be humble and, and, and to be humble and modest and not to brag and boast not to be a Balgaiva, that's the makeup and the gist of this loisus, according to the Samad. We're going down. The Rogan Shavar raises an interesting point, and I, it's modern, out of all these forums I looked, I would expect that somebody should be bothered, and only the Rogan Shavar is bothered. Here we go. The Lashon is as follows, he says. It says, It's sorry. It says, Now please be so kind, and don't... It, it's not fear to the rugged shover or doing just to the rugged shover to try to refute the rugged shover with all the different pshatlach we mentioned till now. That's all, each one had their way of approaching it, right? How the rugged shover approached it is the way Hebrew approached it. And therefore, he raises this issue. It says, So the rugged shover asks, Look, he says, By boyrois, it says, it doesn't say you did not fill them. They're filled burners. Like we mentioned, right? They may be filled with wine. may be filled with water, right? We're not talking about what's in there. We're talking about the actual pit, right? As we've mentioned also by some other misfortune, right? We're talking about the pit. According to the Ramban, the first shot of the Ramban, the Iker shot of the Ramban, we're talking about the pit. It says, right? That these pits you didn't dig up or carve out, right? So he says, and... It's not, it doesn't speak, that's, use that same terminology when it comes to the homes. Uvotim asher bonisa. It doesn't say by batim asher bonisa. It only says by the boroughs asher chatsofto. Why? Why? We can use the same approach, right? You didn't carve out the rock, the rocky area, and you didn't build the homes, right? And Hashem says, I'm giving you ready homes, I'm giving you ready pits, etc., etc. No, only by the bottom it says, right? You haven't filled the house with goodies, right? So it means the status of the house is not relevant here. It could be even that you built the house. Bonis or bonis is not relevant. What's relevant is the milesa. The good is which is filled there, right? But by the boroughs, we're not talking about what's filled in the pit. We're talking about the actual initial pit. Why? Says the Rogachev as follows. And he comes up with something very novel. Even though I don't see why you have to say so, but he definitely knows why. 
And we have to think about it. The Gemara made it very clear to us. Now, if you remember, the Gemara concluded with a take. The Gemara says, and the rule is, I believe we follow this path. The rule is, take only isura when it deals with isur, right? Things which aren't monetary issues, right? Talking about isur, things which are permitted or not permitted, right? Uh, or in Yonim, which relate to the Orisa, things of Minatayla. Okay? So the rule is, take only isura or take only the Orisa now, even if it's Easter, some say if it's, some even have the, set the rule that even if it's something which is rabbinical, but if it's dealing with Easter or something which is not monetary, so the Gemara doesn't reconcile, so we have to be stringent. That's Tzvaiku. Tzvaiku when there's a Tzvaiku in the Gemara and it deals with an Easter, so Rishonim say, even if it's rabbinic, we're machmer. Right, but uh, whatever the case is, if it's if it's def- if it's the oraisa, so definitely it's, it's, we have to be stringent. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if we have an option, the two approaches in the Gemara in the query of Rabbi Yirmiya, what are we talking about? That we're talking about the, fir- the, the, the that if the katla the chazer is allowed, so definitely their own would be allowed, right? The avne the the, the, the pieces we, of the we, pierced we, meat we. should be allowed, yeah. But then the conclusion is the other way of looking at it was no, that even though the stuff which is imported isn't allowed, the stuff which is there is allowed. Right? So we would follow with that. And basically the Rabbi Shama follows with that. Okay? And he says, look, it's very clear from the Gemara that the Gemara concludes to say that what's allowed only katlid the chazir, right? The chaziri. Only which was the booty and the spoils of the non-Jews, the Canaanites. That is allowed. It's clear from the Torah, right? And like Rashi explains in the Gemara. But their own, we end up taku, right? And we have to be machmer. We refrain the avne, the avori, the, 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 we don't know, may not be allowed. Okay? Now, and basically the Gemara makes the distinction because this is yours and this is theirs. This is the enemies and this is yours. Yours Hashem didn't allow, says the Gemara, that's the Gemara. This is the Du and this is Shalachem. This is theirs and this is yours. Yours Hashem didn't allow. But if it's Shlaloi Veichen, right? It's theirs, then it's okay. So the Rabbi Shavar learns as follows. The Rabbi Shavar learns, you know, when the guy, what would be, it just takes it for granted. The Rosh Hashanah says, just as the Gemara makes a distinction between what is theirs and what is yours, the same applies with theirs. You can't acquire it. Because if you acquire it, it's yours. That's just the principle he sets down. He takes it for granted. It's partial by him that way. In other words, if the Gemara concluded that they very bosser mechir, the Gemara made a distinction. It should be rationally, it should be, it should be okay. If the Chazer is kosher, of the non-Jew. So the thing which is initially kosher of the Jew should be kosher. So the Gemara no, HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed only the non-Jews. Right? That's the Chiddush of this possible. Shlaloi Vecha. But the Jew is not. Therefore he learned that it takes for granted and it could be, it needs to be substantiated or worked out or, so, or whatever. But time didn't allow and think about it yourselves. Right? He just takes it for granted. That therefore what you eat of theirs or what you acquire of theirs, you can't acquire it. It has to remain theirs. Here we go. So he says as follows. The rule is, the rule is that the a Kenyan, right? A per, the Hebrews Gemara Mesechta Nadorim. If someone gives someone a gift which contains isur, right? In other words, he says that this loaf of bread should be you shouldn't be able to derive benefit. I say to you, this loaf of bread you shouldn't be able to derive benefit from, and I give it to you, and you accept it. So the question is, who transgressed Meila? The Gemara is under the impression that something which becomes koinmo, something which becomes prohibited to derive benefit from, has a bit of hegdish. And the rule is, if you take something from the hegdish, even if you don't actually 
derive benefit from it. You just take it from the Hegdish, a stone from the Hegdish, something, a property of the Hegdish, you just take it out of their possession, right? That's called Me'ilo, you are Me'ilo the Hegdish. So here too, when I give you a gift and you accept it, right? So it's gone. The, 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 it's gone. There's been transition, right? It's been transferred from my possession to your possession. So even though you're not using it, you're not eating it, you haven't consumed it, the Gemara says maybe there's a transgression of Me'ilo like by Hegdish. Says the Gemara definitely to the fellow who gave it doesn't transgress because there's nothing for me it's, there's nothing wrong with me giving it to you for me that thing that loaf of bread is not prohibited for the taker right for the receiver for the recipient it is prohibited says the Gemara maybe he transgressed by receiving it because he caused the transfer of possession right says the Gemara he doesn't transgress you know why because he accepted the matona as a gift what is permitted he accepted but what was prohibited he didn't accept who's ready to accept things which are prohibited why should he accept something which make him transgress? So the Gemara says the heter he, he, he accepted, but the Isra he didn't accept. Okay, so, so basically... Was an Isra, the whole thing was... Uh... Yeah, so, so right, the round is simple, that he never, it never became his. It never became because he never acquired it. And Rashi would seem that to know that there's no can't be an issue on him because he never he wasn't prepared to be clean of the Isra. Basically, the Rogachava says that there's a concept in the Shas, we see that there's Right? A person doesn't appreciate to be to acquire pro- things which were prohibited and make it transgress, right? In other words, there's no way we can enforce it on him. If he doesn't want it, it doesn't work. So this one principle here, if it would become, the, all the stuff described here, right? If it would become theirs, right? It would be something they would acquire, but it would become theirs and consume it. If it becomes theirs and they consume it, there's an Isra involved. Just like they can't eat a voribus and a they can't eat the non-Jews after they have acquired it. So basically, what has to really happen here? Now, to remain the non-Jews, it's like like someone invites you to their home, right? For a barbecue. Right for a barbecue. It doesn't. The barbecue has become yours. It's his, and he's letting you have his. Right? He's inviting you to his table. So you're invited to my place, right? And I'm giving you, and you're, um, I'm giving you mine. Right? And you're eating mine. Does it become yours? Does it become yours? Does it become yours? You're eating mine. Pasha. You don't know if you remember that there was once a Shaila by Matzah, right? We discussed yeah. that if someone invites you for the, the Seder night, the, yeah, and they have to give it to you. That's the question that Svasemis claims that you have to actually give him the Matzah. You can't just allow him to eat it because it's not good enough. Because it's then he's eating my Matzah. But they conquered it in this context, though. But they conquered the land. But now we're talking about all the goodies. Yeah. What's with the goodies? But it becomes theirs. Who said it becomes theirs? They, they have an allowance to eat it. Yeah, listen. <laughs> they have an allowance to eat it. If it be- so the Rabbi Chavalo is, if it becomes yours, what does it say it becomes yours? They, they conquer the land, the land becomes, it's, the nations are out. When they'll settle, they'll make a king, it becomes theirs. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, they have to, now, there's a lot of goodies there. It's theirs. It's Hefker. It's no one's. Mm-hmm. No man's land. Hashem says, this stuff which belonged to them, you may consume, Hashem says. Don't make it Are you acquiring it? Does it become yours? Says the Rogan it can't become his. Then he says, you know, there's such a concept of king in Chotzer. You know what king in Chotzer is? King in Chotzer is that if your property, if your property ends up having someone's lost object on it, right? Or any, someone wants to have you acquire something, he places it, doesn't have to place it in your hand, you don't have to send a messenger to receive it, he places it in your property, in your house, in your courtyard, and it's enclosed, and you're aware that it's there, and it's with your will to acquire it, so then you have acquired it. So your property acquired it for you. What happens if you don't know it's there 
Or if you knew it was there, you wouldn't want to acquire it. You can't acquire it. The next fellow wants to give you a gift. No one can force it on you. Right? To, to make acquisition, you have to be willingly wanting, wanting to acquire. But when it says the rugged chopper, here we go. The home is the chotzer. King in chotzer, right? When it comes to the king in chotzer, we didn't talk about what? We didn't talk about if the home was... If, what's going on with the building, right? Whose home is it? It's your home, someone else's home. We're talking about what's in there, right? You get it? In other words, even... We'll soon come to the burial, appreciate it. So even if the home, it's not... In other words, the home, if you've built it or you haven't built it, is not a relevant issue, right? Even if it was your home, right? Even if it was your home, it's a non-issue. But even if it was your home, why is it a non-issue? Because even if that home was yours, you don't acquire all the goodies there. You know why you can't acquire all those goodies? Because you're going to be consuming those goodies. And if you're going to acquire them, you're going to be eating something, you'll be transgressing. Because you can't eat something which is yours. Prohibited food which belongs to you. So in other words, there's no way that bias, which is molly, right? So even if you would have built it, it would have been your home, or you would have acquired that home, right? That it should become yours because you're going to end up consuming it. So there's no way of king in Balkorhoi. There's no way that it should become yours uh, 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 beyond your control. You don't want it. Because you know if you're going to have to acquire it, you're not going to be able to eat it. Finish it. That's why it's just whatever's there in that home you can eat. Because you never had intended to acquire it. Because it wouldn't be able to be consumed. Listen to this one. Boyer. Says the Rabbi Shmuel Gibaldi a thing. The bird, which learn the Sefer Baba Kama, our bow is Zikin Asher Ba'Bird Ba'Mava Ba'Hever. So there is such a concept in the Torah. Well, in Mishpasas Mishpatim Ki Yichre Ish Bird V'Chiv T'Chish Bird. If one opens up a pit in the Rishus Harabim in a public domain, guess what? If you open a pit, a pit in a public domain. There's something novel about it. You're chayv. If someone causes, but gets injured, right? So the Torah says you have to pay for the, for the whatever, right? You're penalized. You have to pay for it. You're obliged. And the Gemara explains as follows. Now here, that's the Chiddush. The Gemara says that's novel. The Gemara says in the Mesech of Sochem Davov that there are two novel halachas that even though it's not yours, the Torah obliges you to pay to, for the, to be liable. Why should it be so, right? It sounds so irrational. But these are two halachas. Which two halachas? The, the one Berbish Rosharabim, that even though the Rosh Hashanah is a public domain, and it's hefker, it's free for all. Nevertheless, if you open the pit in the Rosh Hashanah in a public domain, you're liable. The pit is public property. You just opened it, right? So why, if somebody becomes injured in that pit, you have to pay? Says the Gemara, that Berbershus Arabim Oson Hakosuf Kilo Ein Berbershus. It's not Shnei Dvorim Ein Berbershus Arlodim Oson Hakosuf Kilo Ein Berbershus Leis Chayav Alein Says Rashi. There are two in Yonim which aren't in the possession of the person, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu consider as if consider them as if they are in your possession. What are they? One example is Berbershus Arabim. That is a bur a pit in a public domain which the fellow opens and he causes some to be injured, says the Gemara, that what, even though it's a Rishos Arabman, it's free for all, and it doesn't belong to you, it seems, but the Torah says, you're high, because you brought, caused injury, you're the cause, yeah, 
It's any brush, it's not the balabos. Then Chom is Bepesach after the sixth hour. Says the Gemara and Rashi explains that any brush is a shalom, it's Asr Ba'ano, you can't derive benefit. You can't buy it, you can't sell it, you can't handle with all of that stuff. You can't make any geschäft with it, no business, no investments with that Chom. You have big in the whiskey industry. You can't do a thing with it, the company. You can't do a thing with it, right? It's any brush is a shalom after the sixth hour on Friday on the Arab Pesach. Says the Gemara, nevertheless, also not cause of Kilay Mishra's Terry, consider as if it's yours, a mamish finishing in three minutes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, regard as if it's yours, if you have it in your possession of a Pesach, etc. Says the Rabbi Shavar as follows. Here comes his take on it. The burr is a burr. Now you have to understand the Gemara says as follows. What's unique about the burr, right? Says the Gemara, burr. Says the Gemara. It was Nasalahezik. That's the difference between burr. Burr, wherever, even the, anywhere you open this pit, right? If you open the pit in Rosh Hashanah, even if you open it there to store wine, or to store water, to store whatever, right? But if it's an open pit, it's prone to cause that someone should be injured, right? Because it's a public, public area, public property, right? Says the Gemara, that's what's unique about Boer. This, this, this halacha of Boer, the says you have to pay for. I mean, the, the traits of Boer, the, 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 the way it's described in the Torah. I mean, why are you chayv? What is unique? What's a, what are the three principles? Says the Gemara. It was, it's, when you open it, it's nasalahezik. It was made in a form way. That when it's made, it's prone to cause damage. Different than if you have an ox. An ox is not prone to cause damage. An ox to do work. But if an ox goes out to gore, he does damage. But here, just in itself, that you open the pit here, even without going further, that may cause damage if someone passes by. Right? One thing. Number two says the Gemara. Uma moincha. Uma moincha. It's your money. Uma moincha. It's your money. And you have to watch over it that no one should be injured. Says Toysvis, Uma Moincha, it's your money? What are you talking about? Says Toysvis, Lav Dafka. Toysvis and Baba Kama, Dav Gimel on the base. Says Toysvis, when the Gemara says, Mamoincha, the Burbish, the Sarabim is your money, right? It's yours. Says Toysvis, it's Hefka. It's free for all. It's not yours. So it's technically, in, 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 it's not, it's, 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 it's not precise. This expression of Mamoincha in relation to Bur is not precise as Toysvis. But the Gemara says, right? Listen to Robert Shavar's take on this thing. He brings, he explains it as follows. He says, look, listen to the way he learns. He's, he teaches the Gemara by Chomets and by Burr as follows. We learned that really because the pit is in a public domain, therefore it has no owner whatsoever. And the terrorist says something irrational, that because the fellow opened it and there's really no owner to blame it on, Nevertheless, the Torah says, you're chayv. The Torah considers as if it's yours. Yeah. So the Rosh Hashanah brings an example. For Here's an example. You have Meiser Shani, right? Meiser Shani. The thing is, Meiser Shani, Rabbi Meir holds, it's Momon Govoya. Belongs to Hashem. It's not yours. It's not yours. Says that the halacha is that if you redeem the Meiser Shani, exchange it for money, right? To go break it easier for you to bring it to the base of Migdash in Yerushalayim. So you have to add a fifth of, of its value. To the Hegdish. Okay? To the, to the, to the Beis HaMikdash. There's an additional fifth you have to add. But the halacha is, it has to be Masroi. Your Meiser. The fifth is only added when the owner of the Meiser does the exchange. The transfer. The Gemara says, the Rameir holds its moment of it belongs to Hashem. So it's not yours. Nevertheless, says the Gemara, the owner of that Meiser, when he exchanges it, has to add, add the fifth. Says the Gemara as follows. Hashem regards it as yours. It makes it yours, and that's why you pay the fifth. That's what the Gemara says. It makes it yours. 
So it's called Maestro Yitzhiz. The Raghachara claims, based on this Gemara and other Gemaras, that the Pshat of this Gemara by Boyer, right, in the Namukha Yes, one of the Rishonim say actually the bird, the Torah refers to the Baal Habur. There is an owner of the bird, even though it's in a public domain and it's free for all, it's Hefka. So the Raghachara claims as follows, due to the fact, but on the one hand you look at it, externally it seems there's no owner. But look, he says, when someone's injured, who do you claim, who do you claim for? From who? From who? We're all equal, right? It's free for all. Nevertheless, says the Rogut Shover, you go back to this guy who opened the pit. Why? Says the Rogut Shover as follows. Due to the fact that the Torah says that the fellow who opened the pit has to pay, the Torah made it his. It became his. So it's his. But there's a time, there's a type of acquisition where the person acquires things. Right? And you, when you, you build something, you acquire something, it's yours. Here we have something unique. Hashem made it yours if you like it or not. Because you opened the Berber Shosarabim, Hashem says you got to pay. Because I see Hashem says you got to pay no one else. That's a proof it's yours. Hashem made it yours. That's the way the Rabbi Shavu learns. So when it says in the Gemara that Oson HaKosuf Kilo Ahimber Shusoi It's not just this that I see he has to pay. Hashem made it. It should be yours. Like in the case of Miser, you add the fifth because it's regarded as... It's not just regarded. It's something hypothetical or something irrational or something just like a hocus pocus. No, it becomes yours. In other words, if we find... Who, who pays for something? When do you pay for something? When it's yours. You've got to pay for it, right? When you are liable, you pay for it. Right? When are, you, when are you liable? When it's you. When are you causing it? So it has to be yours to be liable. Says the Rabbi Shabbat, this that I'm saying, there's a liability on your part, that's proof it's yours. But who made it yours? Hashem made it yours. So that's the unique thing. Same goes for Chometz, he says. The same goes for Chometz. The same goes for Chometz. He says, due to the fact that Hashem is Mechaev, you to get rid of your Chometz, it's a Bavai that Hashem regards it, makes it, makes it yours if you like it or not. That's why he has to get rid of it. So that's the Platon this Gemara. When it says Momoino, it's like a Momoino. It's really the Burbage you got it as this. So therefore, every Burbage around, listen to, listen to the way it works. You know what the, the Rogachov says? An interesting thing. He says, what would be, take a, the way that Rogachov analyzes Burr, the reason why the owner of the Burr is liable, the one who made the pit, opened the pit, is liable, based on what we just said now. You'll appreciate something else. The Rogachov says an interesting thing. What would be a case where in this open pit this fellow made, Someone lost an object. Who's it belong to? If you take the Gemara face value, just looking at this din of Berbersh Sarabim, I would say it's free for all. There's a special halacha which is not rational. Hashem regards it as if it's yours to have to pay. That's all. But it's not yours. And if it's not yours, if someone finds an object there, take it. But the way the Rogachar is learning that the reason this in itself that Hashem makes you pay, that shows that it's yours. If you carry the liability, you have to worry about the payment. That, that's proof that Hashem made it yours. So therefore, if there's a lost object, it's yours. And he says so. So Rabbi says it is so. So therefore, let's go now back to this thing here. It says the Rabbi Shavar as follows. By bur, By bur, This is a burr. This is a burr, right? A public bur. So this is a bur tackle which stored water, stored wine, whatever, right? But, listen here. If the fellow would have dug it, right? If you would have dug it up, right? So then Hashem will forcefully make it yours, right? If Hashem would forcefully make it yours, because that's the concept of burr, right? The whole concept of burr, when it causes damages, right? So it becomes forcefully yours. So just like it becomes forcefully yours, therefore it also, therefore you acquire things forcefully too. When you're in control, when it's your place, you built, you did it all. It's you who made 
is it's your chotzer, right? <laughs> so you acquired the chotzer. So you're the one who is in control. Then when does your chotzer, does your courtyard acquire things for you only with your knowledge, with your will, etc. But when Hashem says, Mister, you're a troublemaker, and you open something in a public domain, and really it's free for all. Uh, technically, it's free for all, right? But I'm making it yours. Right? It becomes yours, and that's why I'm making you pay. So therefore, even if there is something which has to be acquired against your will, you'll acquire it. Because Hashem made it yours, if you like it or not. So therefore, if it's yours, you'll acquire it even even against your will. So he says, therefore, when it comes to the boyer, we have to say that you didn't dig. You didn't dig up this pit. Because if he would have dug up this pit, so then just like that pit which you dug up, you're liable if there would have been a hezek. So therefore everything which falls into there, right, becomes yours if you like it or not. And if it becomes yours if you like it or not, so all the goodies which were in that pit became yours and Hashem only allowed you to consume of stuff which belongs to the non-Jew and not the stuff which belongs to the Jew. So therefore Hashem says, I'm allowing you to derive benefits from such boyrois. Therefore when he starts describing the good time you'll have, he starts saying, So therefore you have a grand time because So therefore you'll be able to make, consume and appreciate the stuff in there. Because therefore you won't be acquiring it, because you want to be able to derive benefit from it. So if it won't become yours, if it won't become yours, it remains the non-Jew. But when it comes to the bias, to the chotzer, which it has no criteria of a burr, so there it's not relevant what the status of the bias is. And therefore the Torah doesn't deal or address this binion if he built it or not, he just deals with the milesa. With that, we end. Have a good night. And it's late, so I'm sorry for keeping you so long. But we have to make up some past time because we didn't have a shear the other week. What do you say? The question of the Gemara then isn't a question of going to I mean, Which question? If they brought it in from, from, uh, from, from when they walked through the desert, because it's obvious it's theirs. So if he thinks That's so. The Gemara, conclu- the Gemara says it's theirs. Excuse me, we're discussing it all based on what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, after the Gemara concluded, that what is the non Jew you may consume, but what belongs to you you cannot consume, on that we built our whole building. It's yeah, the Gemara who introduced that. Seven years or it's not Excuse it's me, but we followed with the second reconciliation of the Gemara. So the second is in the seventh year, and that's what we're accepting, that is the difference between yours and theirs. And the Rabbi Shover accepts and takes it for granted that if it's yours and theirs, it has to remain always theirs, it can never become yours. And if that's the case, there has to be this, the, 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 the pit can't be dug up by you. Because if it does, so then the Hashem makes you the owner. If He makes you the owner, He can also make you acquire it, if you like it or not. So you acquire it beyond your will. So Even when you're not in control. If you acquire wine or if you acquire... Irrelevant. What you're going to acquire? You're going to acquire it all. If you acquire it all, it becomes yours. You're not going to be able to drink the wine. You're not going to be able to drink the water. Because it became yours and Hashem didn't allow you to, drink, to, to take, drink yours or consume of yours. Now this whole, this theory, his stuff, his, his analysis of Burbish, Musarabim, and Chomitz, Bepesach is, is dealt with in the Bible in many areas. That's why I say we just touched on it and it's late and what can I do? But whatever, there was a fair bit of information. Think it over, chazur it over, digest it, regurgitate it, etc. Chazur it, discuss it. What's he? Chazur.
That's a boy. What's in your master that has to be yours to... You know, just I want to mention about this Gemara. This is an interesting Gemara which serves as, as a premise for certain Talmidei Chachamim. The Sefer Birke Yosef from the Chido Azulai brings that there's some wanted to allow, this is a known Gemara, some wanted to allow if a fellow uh, had food left over from Shabbos in the nine days, so he wanted to allow, just like on the Shabbos of the nine days, you can eat meat, but in the nine right. days you can't eat meat. So if you had Shabbos food from the Shabbos left over for Sunday, you can consume of that food because it's the Shabbos. So therefore, the Shabbos allowed it. So therefore, it should be allowed on Sunday too, based on this Avnei, uh, this Eber Basel Echira. And he wants to say that the Gemara concludes that maybe we're stringent. That's only when it comes to the Doraisa. But this is merely a minig and it's only rabbinic. So therefore, it should be allowed. Uh, the fact is that uh, the Bnei Yisos says that the whole. Uh, you know the uh, approach uh, you know, the, this, that they're identifying that case with this case is, is, is totally not what about the opposite because, direction because um, because what the prohibition what about the is talking about the chefts the, the mat the actual food if it's kosher or remains kosher we said that they can't eat it once they come in anyway they can eat new yeah. new stuff but so the question is so therefore, we, we thought that this stuff also remains prohibited. But, okay, but maybe it should be prohibit, pr- permitted because it was once allowed. But eating, Shabbat you're allowed to eat. And nine days, it's not to do the meat. It's not to do you. There's an avelus on you. Says the bnei sauce, What's the connection? It should remain always prohibited. And I'm just saying, certain people are given allowance and allowed. Can we answer Eli Marcus? Can you go to you or not? Not at all. What happened? So the, uh, I saw him. He, he told me maybe about five or ten times to make sure that to tell you that he's not going to be here. He's okay. He's away for a week or something. I see. Anyway. Okay. I should go for telling me. Okay. He's uh, now we can answer Eli Marcus' question. He keeps asking. We have to know whether when you're in Sydney and you're you're driving back when you when you cross the border do you have to throw out your slurpee or you can still drink the slurpee. That's a boy. So tell them What about one time one year I was in Heschel and I was picking up food for Shabbos, it was during the nine days and I had a little bit of meat and somebody in the line said to me, It's the nine days. I said, Hold on, I'm going tasting it before Shabbos. Sorry? But that's a separate issue. That's a separate issue. Can I do that? That's a separate issue. Some say, some say that you're allowed to taste it. Can I do it? It's not halakhi. It's not halakhi. Yeah. It's not halakhi. Some allow it. Some allow it. You're allowed to taste in the nine days. Some. I think Rabbi tells the Paskin that way, that you may taste of Shabbos because the halacha you may taste the food which you prepare for Shabbos for Shabbos yeah. so they allow you to taste the food on Friday yeah, I pushed it forgot totally I you're not the only one <laughs> but others, I, others but I, I know that's what I quickly said to him I know 